This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome back my friend, Sally Michael. Sally is, along with her husband, a co-founder of Truth78 and has authored curricula and books that are all marked by a passion for developing God-centered spiritual development in children. For 16 years, Sally served as minister for children at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, under the leadership of John Piper and her husband, David. Sally and David currently live in Indianapolis and enjoy spending time with their daughter, Christy, daughter, Amy, and her husband, Gary, and three grandchildren. Sally, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me again. I'm so glad you're here, and I am looking forward to the verses you have for us today. Isaiah 46, 9b to 11 is one of my favorite passages, and it says, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass, I have purposed, and I will do it. Wow, that is a lot of huge statements about our God. So I want to hear how this passage became so important to you personally. But before we do that, let's just get our heads around this passage a little better. If you were explaining this to a 10-year-old, how would you put it in your own words? What would you say? Well, usually when I explain things to 10-year-olds, I ask a lot of questions. So I don't just explain, (laughs) but I'll do explaining and maybe just ask a question or two. I think I would tell them there is only one God. He is so unique and so special that there is no one like him. Do you know what your math grade will be this year? And the child would probably say, I I don't know. And I'll say, do you know that God already knows that? That's what it means when it says that he knows declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things not yet done. God knows how things will end even before they start because God directs all things. He's in charge. And what he says will happen will definitely happen. God does all that he says he will do, directing all things to serve his purposes. So I probably wouldn't get into the background of the, of the verse about calling a bird of prey, you know, and who this mm-hmm. you talking about. But I, I, so I think I would just ask a question like, can you think of anything that God used to serve his purposes? And mm-hmm. hopefully we would come up with things like, well, he used frogs and flies, hail and locusts to bring punishment on Egypt. He used birds to feed Elijah. He used kings to help the Jews rebuild the wall and the temple. That's right. God uses all things to serve his purposes. And everything God says he will do, he does. He Mm -hmm. brings it to pass. Whatever he plans, he always accomplishes. He always makes them happen. Okay. So what a great explanation. I'm going to read it again. This is Isaiah 46. I'm starting in verse 9, reading through verse 11. Here's what God's word says. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. All right, so I want to hear the story. 
How has God made these verses important in your life, Sally? I, I love the truth in these verses. You know, you, Champ, you can't sit under John Piper's preaching for 33 years and not come to understand the sovereignty of God over all things. Mm-hmm. Little, big, whatever. I, I remember on a Wednesday night series that John Piper just every Wednesday night talked about some aspect of God's providence. And so mm-hmm. just sitting under his preaching, I learned to love and rest in the fact that God is sovereign. And this is such a great proof text to show the sovereignty of God. So, and I think if you understand the sovereignty of God, everything else falls into place. I mean, once you understand that, you can just rest in who God is. And this verse so affected my life that I actually wrote a curriculum on the providence of God called My Purpose Will Stand and a book called God's Providence. And it's just a verse I treasure because of the truths that are in it. So let's talk about what we mean when we're saying the providence of God and the sovereignty of God. What does this verse teach us about what God is like? What do we mean when we say big words like sovereignty or sovereign or providence? What are we talking about? Well, you know, I actually um, use two images when I taught this to the children at Bethlehem. I use an eye and a hand. God's eye is watching over the universe. His hand is at work in the universe. And that's the way I explain God's providence to them. This that he, he is controlling at all things. He knows all things. And he moves all things to accomplish his purposes. And little things, big things. So things that we think are insignificant, God actually has a hand in it. Hmm. it I think God's sovereignty shows that he, is, he has the right, the power, the wisdom, and the goodness to rule the world well. And that's a great concept for children to understand, and even adults, that God is ruling this world. He makes no mistakes. Nothing can thwart his purposes. He is completely in control, and he's got it all planned out. So God is in control of all things. He's got it all planned out. His purposes will stand. Nothing's going to frustrate his purposes. If that's the case, you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation today that uh, you can just rest in that. So how does this affect us? Does it help us not be afraid? Does it help us? What else does it help us with? I think it's a very comforting doctrine because you know that nothing is going to happen to you that God does not know about, that God cannot control, that everything that he brings into your life is purposed and there are no surprises to him. And he has made a promise, and that's Romans 8, 28, that it's going to work for your good if, you, if you're his child. And so when something that we perceive as bad happens, we can rest in the fact, this is no surprise to God. He knew about this. He planned this, and he plans it for good. So you know what? I can trust him. He's trustworthy. He has a reason for this. And I just think it's extremely comforting And I think it takes anxiety away from our hearts when we realize, you know what? God's got this. I don't have to worry about this. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan. He's accomplishing his plan. He has said it is good. You know what? I'm just going to let him do what he's going to do. That's great. How does that keep us from being passive? Like, I'm not going to act. I'm just going to let whatever happens, whatever happens. God will control it. How do we keep from going in that direction? Well, I think we are kind of wired to do to take control. So I don't really think it's a problem about us being passive. I really don't. God works his purposes through people. You see it all the way through the Bible. So I think just seeing all those examples of how he used people to accomplish his purposes keeps us from being passive. 
So God doesn't just plan that something's going to happen. He plans to actually use people mm-hmm. through them to have it happen. Sometimes it happens through us. Sometimes it just happens through other situations and other people, but we're always involved, aren't we? So what's a good question that families can discuss amongst themselves when the podcast is over about these verses? I think one good question is, do I trust God's control over my life or do I try to control my own destiny? Hmm. That's a question I think we all have to ask ourselves. Am I resting in God or am I going to try to make things happen? It's a great question. Sally, it's so good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for taking us to these verses that are so foundational for our understanding of who God is and how we live before him. Would you just take a moment and pray these verses for us as we close? I certainly will because I love these verses. Dear God, I thank you. There is no one like you. You are utterly unique and utterly holy and utterly powerful and utterly wise. There is none like you. You're sovereign over all things. You know every day of our lives before there was even one of them. You know the end from the beginning. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would rest, that you are accomplishing your purposes through us, in us. And we we can just have a, the comfort of knowing that nothing can thwart your purposes. You're totally, totally running this world. So when we look around and things look like they're out of control, they're not out of your control. And I thank you that we can just trust you because you are a trustworthy God. And I pray, Lord, that all of these listeners will just, just relax and rest that you are working all things for their good if they are your children. Thank you for being a trustworthy God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.